You're listening to the Gordon Damer Show podcast on 98.7 ESPN. Just when you wondered what happened to What's-His-Face. What's-His-Face has returned. Yes, we're back. Sorry about yesterday. It could not be uh, prevented, unfortunately. But once again, it is the Gordon Damer Show. It is 98.7 FM ESPN New York. Whole lot to run through today. Of course, only one hour to do so. As we uh, take you up till 6 o'clock, we are back today. Yesterday, obviously, uh, for I, I guess a few people on the station, was a power issue, which uh, looks like... Now, I don't want to get overly optimistic, but it looks like the power situation for me, my family, should be solved by November 2022. It's looking good, people. I don't want to get carried away. I don't want to get hopes up. I don't want to have those hopes dashed. So the best thing is to uh, not hope at all. (laughs) So much for Andy Dufresne. Hope is a good thing? No, Andy. uh, Hope is the worst possible thing. You keep thinking that in in another second, that power is going to come back on. So I woke up Tuesday. I get up from my uh, post-show nap, and uh, the power almost immediately went out. And I thought to myself, why did I even get up out of bed? So, you know, you do the whole rigmarole, you try to call PSE&G, you can't get through there, you try to go online, call back when it's quieter, uh, you go through the whole thing, and you can't get to report anything, but they give you estimates. So nice of estimate. I'm using the air quotes right now, you can't see it, but uh, estimates. The first estimate for me, for my family, was Wednesday at 7 a.m. I said, you know what, Wednesday at 7 a.m., that's not terrible. It's not ideal, but it's not terrible. I'll sign for that. I, apparently, I, I, I wasn't able to sign for that. And in, in fairness, usually when they give you those first estimates, they're usually actually pessimistic. It usually comes on much quicker. But uh, it was not long until that estimate was revised. And it was first revised until 11 p.m. on Wednesday. Uh, that uh, that has gone by the board. It then got revised to 11 p.m. on Thursday. And now I believe, I believe we are sitting at uh, November 2022. And, you know, when you lose power, hopefully for you, if you lost it, you got it back already. Losing the TV is very, very difficult. Losing the Internet is brutal. Losing the fridge, all the food you have there, that's awful. But by far, the worst thing is your own stupid brain walking into rooms still flipping on light switches. I mean, do you do that? I, I did that the whole day yesterday. Walking into closets. Oh, let me I need some light. Let me hit the No idiot. The power is still not working. Walk into another room. We're all just rats in a maze just looking for that block of cheese. But uh, luckily for me, my uh, in-laws have power, so we're taking the show on the road for at least today. We'll see if we get kicked out of this house by the end of the day. Uh, but uh, hopefully for the next couple of days. But we'll see. Maybe that estimate of November 22, uh, 2022 will uh, turn out to be wrong. But uh, we shall find out. But we're with you this morning. We'll take you up until 6 o'clock. Sorry about yesterday. It could not be prevented. But the number you know, 1-800-919-ESPN. I am on Twitter, on Instagram, at Gordon Damer. We have moved headlines to today. So we'll have that coming up. All the latest with Florida Man, who was keeping busy. Uh, if, I, if I must say, a little too busy with the murder. Getting a little too murdery. Oh, right. Allegedly murdery. But uh, we'll check in on that lunatic, plus uh, moments of inspiration, uh, daily poll question, all the good stuff. But let's sports, uh, start with these sports headlines. And you know what? Let's start 
with the Mets. How about that? When was the last time we did that? We started with the Mets because the Mets won a nice little tidy game yesterday. So we'll get into them. We got uh, get into the Yankees getting jobbed out of a win by uh, Major League Baseball's rules as well as Angel, Angel Hernandez, who is a universal truth. And that universal truth is Angel Hernandez is horrible. But let's start with the Mets because we'd never do that. But, you know, I think it bears mentioning because the Mets played a nice, crisp, clean game yesterday. Pitching, defense, usually in the past, staples of what uh, a Met win should be. They beat the Nationals 3-1. Rick Porcello pitched great. So certainly bouncing back from his opening start of the year, which was horrible. One run given up for him over, I think, seven innings. Lugo goes the last two. I think you go Lugo the last two no matter what because I don't trust anybody else out in that bullpen, and the Mets are off today. So certainly you go for Lugo for two. The defense played well. J.D. Davis, Conforto, a lot of things. And another big plus, Mets went two for 12 with runners in scoring position. They had a whole two hits with runners in scoring position. That's breaking out. And uh, doing it with no McNeil, no Cano, and they still get a win. So, look, that's more like it. That's what you like to see. The problem is you are not going to see, you know, the idea that maybe this might start a little trend, start a little winning streak. It's possible because they go up against the Marlins after a day off. And while the Marlins are in second place right now, or are they in first place right now? I think they might actually be in first place after another win yesterday. So, um, but you figure they'll come back down to earth and maybe the Mets can get some wins against them. We'll see. The problem is for the Mets, uh, watching a game like yesterday, is that the Mets are not built to win games like they did yesterday. Pitching and defense. The Mets are no longer a team that is based in great starting pitching. And I don't know if they were ever... I mean, it's been a while since they've had a great defensive team. Certainly not with this current group. But defense is something that they've kind of, you know, not really focused on when they make moves. So unless Steven Matz who is just a constant tease, unless he is going to step up and, and really find some level of consistency that he has pretty much not ever really had uh, on the major league level, or Marcus Stroman comes back and just hits the ground running uh, at a level where he pitched at last year where he was an all-star, but has not really pitched at that level consistently as well. The problem for the Mets is their defense is a slew of guys playing out of position, mainly because their position is DH. You know, you got McNeil playing third, you got Nimmo playing center, JD Davis playing positions that he is not really great at, although he did play uh, well yesterday. You know, the Mets have basically one way to win consistently, and that is to score runs. And that is something they have not really done so far this year. They've been brutal with runners in scoring position. And I do expect that to change. Now, I don't know whether or not it'll be enough to change to win consistently. I was I was optimistic about the Mets' chances this year, mainly because we all agreed coming into the season. What was the, what was the one key? Health. Keeping guys healthy. And while they lost Syndergaard before the season, they, unlike other teams in their division, had not really lost, they had not really been impacted by COVID-19 like the way the other teams had. And I thought that that would allow the Mets to get off to a halfway decent start. That has not happened. Speaking of not getting off to uh, good starts, you know, me being the Yankee fan, I'll I'll see uh, tweets all the time. Is it time to uh, be worried about Gary Sanchez? 
Is it time to be worried about Miguel Andujar? Is it time to be worried about this one or that one while the team is, you know, rolling up wins left and right? Have they clinched yet? What's the magic number? I think we got to start figuring out what the Yankees' magic number is to uh, win the American League East because I feel like it's it's right around the corner. But while everybody is focusing on, you know, this Yankee or that Yankee, and maybe it's Yankee fans just uh, looking for the negative, is it time to be a little worried about Pete Alonso? I'm not going to get too carried away, but he's down nine for 50. Eight of those hits are singles. He struck out in 40% of his at-bats, and I was watching Tom Verducci has uh, looked at some of the numbers and noticed that Alonzo is... Uh, has some really, I think that I knew this already, that the fastballs, he's been getting beaten by fastballs this year. But Verducci actually put some numbers on it. I think it was coming into last night. He had seen 56 fastballs in the strike zone, had zero hits. Now, he had a hit yesterday on a fastball, but still, was that, one for 57? Last year, he slugged 813 on fastballs, which I think was tops in the National League. I know it's, you know, people will say, well, Gordon, it's early, you know, and I guess to a certain extent it is, but the Mets have played 13 games. That's over 20% of the season. So you need to get that fixed mainly because you can't fix the other stuff, right? Stroman getting close to returning, that's great. But even when he does, starting pitching is not going to be a strength. You know, it's nice that uh, Jay Reese Familia might be figuring some stuff out, but the bullpen is never going to be a strength. Maybe you find a guy or two outside of Lugo. Let's hope so. The defense is going to be an issue all season long. There's no way around that. So the way forward for the Mets, really the only way forward, right? If you're looking to the path to victory, uh, the really only way to go is to have the bats start figuring things out and for Pete Alonso to start hitting. Because if he doesn't start hitting, uh, they're sunk. They're screwed. 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. Okay, so the Yankees story, two games yesterday. Let's start with Angel Hernandez, right? Because as I point out all the time with the daily poll question, it's very, very hard to get people in this divided time that we live in to agree really on anything, on everything. Very rarely do you get people to agree overwhelmingly, right? But there are some universal truths in life water is wet nothing lasts forever and angel hernandez is awful i mean we know this you know this i know this players know this managers know this fans people with eyeballs doesn't matter what side of any issue you're on republican democrat no matter your race your religion your nationality everyone can agree angel hernandez is awful. And yesterday, just the latest example, and I'm bringing it up because it impacted the Yankee game, and, and I'm a Yankee fan. But if you are a fan, whatever team you are a fan of, chances are at some point you will get the Angel Hernandez experience. And that experience, again, is awful. Yankees rallying the first game last night, the seventh inning, the seventh and final inning of the first game of the doubleheader. Thanks a lot, Corona. Uh, seventh and final inning, Yankees in the middle of a rally. Mike Ford at the plate, two on, one out. Gets a pitch that, at first blush, never looked like it was a strike. Never once. It wasn't like, oh, wow, that was kind of deceit. No, never looked like it was all that close. But he strikes out on uh, a pitch. Again, even at first blush, even before the replay, you knew was not close. And then you got to see the replay, and uh, no, it was not close. So here is another universal truth. 
if Angel Hernandez is at home plate calling balls and strike and a player disagrees, do you just watch this, no matter what team you're a fan of, and the player at the plate disagrees with the call, the player, I would say, is always right. Almost, I I would say always. Forget about almost always. Always. I have never seen a time where a player has argued balls and strikes with Angel Hernandez and it turns out the player is wrong. It never fails. And it's one thing to be awful at your job. Hernandez is not just awful. He's arrogant. I mean, he looks to get into confrontations all the time. Major League Baseball knows he's awful. So, I mean, the question you have is, what does it take to fire an umpire? Because there's, I mean, there's got to be a way, right? It's not just yesterday. If it was yesterday, you'd say, all right, well, it's one day. Or, you know, even a bad season. Okay, maybe umpires have bad seasons like players have been. I don't know. But this is a documented history. This guy just being terrible. I mean, what are the steps to get to, to get the guy out? Can you put a little giddy up in those steps? Hopefully when eventually Major League Baseball gets its act together on, on robot umps and, and people you know will complain, it's ruining the game, the essence of the, the essence of the game is balls and strikes. That's the game. And yesterday, the game, based on that call, changed. One, you know, one out, two out. Instead of bases loaded, one out, you had two out and two on in a game where you're trailing by four runs. Now, look, the Yankees gave up 11 runs. Maybe they deserved to lose. Maybe they would have played nine innings. They would have still lost. But it's crazy to me that there's, there, there's the ability to, not, to take this out of the equation. Tennis has a system that works instantly. And it, nobody ever complains there. But yet baseball... They still have people like Angel Hernandez ruining games from behind the plate. And so when it does come that robot umps come, and look, there'll be people that complain because there's people that complain about anything. And maybe baseball um, fans are more stuck in their ways than other fans and more resistant to change. But when the time comes, if it's uh, two years from now, five years from now, ten years from now, and people complain, all you have to do is a rebuttal is just say two words, and those two words are Angel Hernandez. And our poll question, which is up for today on Twitter, at Gordon Damer, now that you've had a uh, taste of it, right? The seven-inning doubleheader rule in Major League Baseball. Should baseball make that a uh, permanent rule change? Well, a couple things. A, big day yesterday. Not only did I find a house that had uh, some electricity, I finally got my first haircut since February. It happened! Yes. Oh, my God. It's so good to not be a hippie anymore. I know they probably don't use that term hippie anymore. I felt like uh, I was going to join the Eagles pretty soon or so. I mean, my hair was just ridiculously long. So it just felt good to uh, feel like a human again. So that was amazing. And then we, uh, of course, had two Yankee games yesterday, which was amazing as well. Not so much uh, because of uh, Angel Hernandez in the first game, who robbed him, robbed the Yankees of a win. But we got the doubleheader rule, and I think didn't another. I think another team. I think the Tigers or somebody played a doubleheader with the seven innings already. But you know, now that it happened to the Yankees, it's real. Uh, so, um, but I will say this off the top: the doubleheader thing for this year, the seven innings, no problem with it, right? This year is obviously different, 
As other people have brought up, you know, when rain shortens games, you can have them after five innings. It happens. Fine. This year, it happens. Uh, This year, you're obviously going to probably, although hopefully things are moving in the right direction, you might have other teams be forced to be shut down, and the only way to make them up is to play these doubleheaders. So I am not an unreasonable fan. Some baseball fans are, and we'll find out what the uh, results of the poll question are today as we move along to see how uh, unreasonable people are. But when it was first announced, obviously the first reaction was everybody hates it. But now that you've gotten a little taste of it, I've noticed more and more people, hey, you know what? This is not too bad. I could see this working. After all, they do this in the minor leagues, as if that is what the major leagues should be aspiring to be, more like the minor leagues. But you've already seen that momentum start to grow. The New York Post is an article today about, well, this is the rule change that will fix things. Seven-inning doubleheaders, right? Because what's the big issue with baseball? The games take too long. The time is too long. They should... uh, Take, make sure that this is a permanent rule. And again, for this year, I'm fine with it. When life gets back to normal, if life gets back to normal, is this something that should be adopted long term? And I would say no. And for the first uh, most important reason, there should not be double headers. When life gets back to normal, there is no reason to be playing two games in one day. Now, look, if you're forced to, if it's the end of the season, double headers should be going the way of, of, uh, of things that we don't do. You know, the Pony Express had a great run. It was time for it to end. Double headers had a great run. There's no reason in a normal season to be forced to play two games in one day. It's, it's, it's monotonous. Don't people have things to do in their lives? Two games in the same day. Now, I can understand why the players, they they like the seven innings, but it kind of gets back to the same point. You shouldn't want to be playing two games in one day. Now, do I hate it as much as I hate some of the other rule changes they made for this year? No, probably not, because at least I can understand the reasoning behind this rule. This rule at least has a point, right? If you have teams like the Marlins, like the Cardinals, who knows who's next, get shut down, and they got to try to make up these games as much as possible in a COVID season, okay, fine. That makes sense. The runner on second base, that to me is dumb. It doesn't really address what the problem is meant to address. The, I think it's meant to address having games run, you know, 15, 14 innings. Those games happen Very, very rarely. They happen like maybe once or twice a month. That rule is not really going to have, and you're fundamentally changing the game by putting a runner at second base. So I hate that one. The the relief pitcher rule, that, again, let's speed up the games. What? That's not going to have any impact on speeding up the games at all. So this rule, I probably don't hate it. And the universal DH, well, that one should have been in already. I mean, that, that, that just makes sense. If you're opposed to the, the, the DH and you want, you know, all the other rules out, uh, including that one, that one to me should have been, you're, you're never going back to pitchers hitting in the American League. So the two leagues should have the same rules, even though if you're, you know, a diehard purist, I get that you don't like it, but come on. 
I mean, the, the time has come. Again, the Pony Express had a great run, but the days of the Pony Express are over. But in terms of this rule moving forward, there's, no, there's never a reason to be playing. We don't need double headers. They're too long for everybody. They're too long for everybody. So I also don't like the fact, you know, if you decide to make this rule per- permanent, what are you going to have? You're going to have more double headers, and they're going to be more seven inning double headers. Like all the double header, this idea that you you schedule double headers more often because there are only seven innings and look the games move by so quickly. That does again does not really address the real problem. The real problem is not so much the time of games; it's the style of play that has become more and more prominent, where the three true outcomes are impacting the game more and more. You know, there's full hours of baseball that go by without anybody putting the ball in play. That's a bigger problem, and I don't know how you solve that, especially when you have Rob Bamford trying to solve other problems, and the things that he comes up with, uh, they don't solve the, the actual problem. You know, The idea that you're going to solve the, the problem of games running long by just simply shortening the amount of innings, that does not seem to be someone who uh, really has his finger on the po- Well, you know what we'll do? We'll just make the game shorter. If you really want to make the game shorter, there's a there's a simple way to make that, and it gets pointed out all the time, and, and nobody ever – it gets pointed out, and it gets brought up, and then it kind of gets forgotten about in the next breath, and it is always get guys to stand in the box and not leave the box. Don't step out. Don't fix your batting gloves. Don't fix your bat. Don't fix your your, your belt. Don't fix this thing or that thing. Get in the box. Stay in the box. Pitch the get the ball, pitch the ball. I, I I'm not really in favor of the pitch clock either, but at least that would that has a purpose, right? To get the ball thrown at a quicker rate and getting players used to throwing at that quicker rate. So that rule change would speed up the game far be, uh, in a much more natural and uh, I don't know coherent way than than simply chopping off innings of games and playing double headers. You know, there was a time where doubleheaders made sense. People had nothing to do. You go to the ballpark all day. Nowadays, people have stuff to do. They don't have time to watch two games. Certainly not at the game. I mean, you know, I got pets at home. What are we going to leave the house and, and go off for nine hours? I don't need nine hours of ba- I love baseball, but I don't think that it's a, it's a good thing for the game to be jamming into. And it's certainly not good for the players. And if you have more seven-inning games, you, especially in this season, you're going to have guys miss more games, right? You're not going to use your closer probably in both games. You're certainly not going to use your catcher in both games. The DH spot is going to be a way for you to get somebody. So if you have a regular DH, you're going to give that guy a day off. So I don't, I don't like the, uh, the seven-inning rule, mainly because I don't want more doubleheaders. I don't think that you need more doubleheaders. It was a fun, fine thing back in the day, but, you know, life changes sometimes, and you have to be open to some change. You just hope that it's not change that is going to fundamentally change the sport that you're watching. And cutting games down from nine innings to seven innings, that's a pretty fundamental change. I mean, what's next? We're going to have mercy. I I would rather have a mercy rule. If you're losing by 10 runs after the seventh inning, okay, fine. Maybe that, I would rather, I don't want that either, but I'd rather have that. It's less awful than the first one. So, no, I don't want to see more seven-inning doubleheaders. I don't want to see more five-inning doubleheaders. I don't want to see more doubleheaders. 
It's a bastardization of the game. You shouldn't have that as, as, as a focus of. Now, this year, again, I get it. it you're forced to do whatever to kind of get games in, especially when teams, if more teams, end up testing positive. You have a very short, you know, the calendar is the calendar. I get that. But moving forward, no, that is not something I want to see. Gets into this one and shoots it toward the right field corner. That ball is rolling, rolling. Here comes Ketel Marte. He's rolling along. They're going to wave Cole Calhoun all the way in here. Yeah. It's a stand-up inside the park home run. With that speed, scores easily. Now Starling Marte drops down a beauty. Christian lifts it out to left center field. This ball's hit pretty deep. Kyle Tucker backing up. He won't get there. And it one-hops the wall. Peralta down the line. Here we go again. That's a fair ball. It's in the corner. Marte is home. Walker's the tying run. Here comes Escobar. The freight train. A five-run fourth. And Vote sends one out to deep right center field. And that's going to get off the wall. Marte sends one to center. Miles Straw giving chase. He's at the track and it's off the wall. Vote will score. 28 in the inning and he's done in the fourth. See that, don't you? There's one more out to Springer in right. Walker lines it by Bregman. All right, I think we get the point. The Astros got their uh, heads handed to them in the fourth inning yesterday. And uh, there you go. Courtesy of the uh, 2020 Astros Shame Tour Twitter account. Appreciate that. Uh, and now, Jose Altuve. His batting average for the year, 146. Wow. That's str- I mean, he's off to a little bit of a slow start. I wonder, wonder what has changed. Hmm. Strange, right? I mean, maybe it's just the start of the season, right? I mean, he's still, he's still the same Jose Altuve, right? Has, let me ask you this. Has anybody ripped off his shirt? Because you know he doesn't like... I, has anybody gone to rip off his shirt so far this year? I don't think so, because we know how he is about that. And look, I was thinking about going with Mike Talkman and his big uh, hit last night, his double, that got the Yankees the, the lead in that second game of the doubleheader. Uh, but we decided because the Astros got their heads handed to them. Let's, you know, let's bring people together in their hatred of the Astros. But can we talk about Mike Talkman? I mean, he has been what? I mean, what an absolute find he has been. And again, like I brought up, who was it the other day that I brought up? Oh, uh, Gio Urshela. Thank you, Yankee Analytics. You should also say thank you, Yankee Analytics, to uh, Mike Taupman, who now, as a Yankee, has a slash line of 279, 363, and an OPS of 861. And against lefties, which you'd think, all right, maybe he struggles against lefties. Katie Sharp, always great with the stats, is now he is now hitting 355 against lefties since last year. And, you know, the Yankees have a lot of guys who you'd like to be able to see them get a real run. Clint Frazier is obviously a guy that you feel like you got to be able to figure out a way to get him some regular at-bats. Uh, Miguel Andujar is another one. But, you know, Mike Taukman is really putting himself in that conversation in terms of guys who deserve to get a, a real run with this Yankee team. Uh, because anytime he's up there, man, you kind of feel confident with him in big spots, even given that he has not really gotten consistent at bats day in and day out. 
um, so far this year, certainly, and even really last year. I mean, it was it was kind of hit or miss for him in terms of, of, of playing time, even with all the injuries. All right, it is the Gordon Damer Show. It is 98.7 FM ESPN New York, home to, of course, Michael K. Show trivia champion Gordon Damer, as well as uh, Stump Rothenberg, living legend, now effective up to 87% accuracy, in case you haven't heard. But today is Thursday, but we're going to make it feel like a Wednesday. We weren't on yesterday, so we were not able to do the ever-popular headlines. Today's headlines. Extra, extra. All right, let's start it off with uh, humanity likely faces rapid catastrophic collapse, according to a study. Well, there you go. Happy Thursday, everyone. We weren't able to depress you with that yesterday, in case you didn't have enough to be depressed about. Sitting in your house, quarantined, avoiding people, not shaking hands. Now sitting in the dark without any electricity or power. Now you know that humanity is likely facing a rapid catastrophic collapse. Good news. All right, next story. Extra, extra. New Charles Manson docuseries recounts horrific murder spree. Well, first thing, haven't we kind of uncovered all there is to uncover with Charles? I mean, don't we kind of know the deal by now? We've kind of had the docu, we've had the books, we've had the movies, we've had this. I mean, is there really anything new to uncover, or is this just a kind of a rehashing of all the same stuff? And the other point is, how would you have a Charles Manson documentary and not talk about that part? You're just going to leave that part out? That would seem to be a really weird docuseries if you didn't recount the horrific murder spree. I mean, it is kind of what he's known for. It would be weird if you had a a whole docuseries about Charles Manson and it was all about his love of tie-dye and herbal tea. Next story, Brian. Extra, extra. A parasite is turning cicadas into mind-controlled sex zombies. Well, that's uh, terrible to hear for the cicadas. But can the parasites do anything about the buzzing? The buzzing, it's a, it's a bit much at times. And you know what? It has not been that bad this year. I think it's only, what is it, every like 15 years the cicadas come back or something like that? But I remember a couple of years ago, oh my God. It was like you walked out of the house and it was just constant buzzing. Very, very annoying. So if, the, uh, if they can, rather than turn them into sex zombies, just turn them into the, the, you know, the level of the buzzing. Just bring it down a skosh. That would be great. Next story. Extra, extra. Depression may have caused woman to believe she was a chicken. Well, I mean, look, 2020 has been a terrible year. And I have to say, just by looking at the picture the Post chose to uh, highlight the story, I have to say, I hate to say it, the woman looks like a chicken. Oh, that is actually a chicken? Oh, okay, they couldn't use the woman. Well, I was going to say, she does, I mean, if that's her picture, that she definitely does look like a chicken. All right, this week in Florida, man. Here we go. Here we go. Florida man seen riding on top of tractor trailer without any pants. Extra, extra. I actually had the video of that on my uh, Twitter. That that was a wild, weird scene, man. Imagine waking up, and it's crazy. The guy who's filming it, it's almost like he kind of knew it was coming. Like you just live in Florida, you just know the, and he just pulled over to the side of the road. Let me get, let me get some footage of this lunatic. Uh, So that's our first Florida man. Next for Florida man. Florida man arrested after buying Porsche with check he made from his 3D printer. Extra, extra. Florida man once bitten by alligator recently got bitten by eight-foot lemon shark. I mean, I guess the only uh, assumption you can make is that guy is obviously delicious. Uh, Florida man busted after waving gun in one hand, carrying beer in another. Extra, extra. 
Florida man flees crash, hides in fire station with backpack filled with drugs. Extra, extra. And then finally, Florida man smears blood on doors and windows of stores. Not really sure whose blood it is, but uh, it's blood all the same. There you go. Uh, That's not great in a pandemic. I would not think that you want to be smearing blood at any time, but certainly not during a pandemic. Not right now, my friend. All right. Keep your blood to yourself. In case you're just uh, waking up, just getting rolling on this uh, Thursday morning, we are back as we open the show. Just when you thought, just when you thought to yourself, whatever happened to what's his face, what's his face is back. And uh, of course, it is the Gordon Damer show. Home to Michael K. Show trivia champion Gordon Damer, as well as a Sump Rothenberg living legend Gordon Damer. Now effective, up to 87% accuracy. But among the topics we touched on today, obviously the Mets win yesterday. Nice little crisp, little clean game, pitching, some defense, and it's fantastic. And the Mets really breaking out. They were 2-for-12 with the runners in scoring position yesterday, which is a huge improvement from where they've been. They had two whole hits when runners were in scoring position. So that's fantastic. Great, great stuff. But if you liked that style of game, I would say certainly enjoy yesterday because you're probably not going to get too many more like that because the Mets are just not built to win with pitching. Their starting pitching's not great. Their bullpen, we all know about that. And their defense, while it was good yesterday, it's just they have a bunch of guys playing out of the position. It's not really something that they've focused their energies into improving despite having great pitching in the past which never made any sense, but it is what it is. The Mets' fo- way forward is to, uh, to score a bunch of runs. They are a team that is, is pretty well set up to score runs. They've not done that so far this year. I do think that that will change at some point, hopefully sooner rather than later for their, their prospects, because it certainly seems like the National League East is pretty wide open. right? Anytime the, 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 the Miami Marlins are leading the division – you got a chance to to make up some ground there because I don't think that that's for real. I think that that's a fluke uh, based on the short season so far. So uh, the the Mets got to get the offense rolling, and they really got to get Pete Alonso rolling because so far, for all the questions about uh, this player or that player, we touched about uh, Jose Altuve or Gary Sanchez, Pete Alonso, uh, now 9 for 50, and eight of those hits have been singles, and he's struck out in 40% of the at-bats that he's had so far. So that's the Mets angle today. The Yankees angle is, well, they just keep rolling along. They were only able to win one of the two games yesterday, but I feel like they just ran out of time in that first one. Like if they had had a normal nine innings, I feel like that game they would have eventually caught up, uh, but they were prevented from doing that by playing only seven innings and by the fact that Angel Hernandez was the home plate umpire. And we touched on some universal truths this morning, such as water is wet, Nothing lasts forever, and Angel Hernandez is an awful umpire. Those three things are not debatable by anybody. Even the biggest troll on the internet cannot debate that that water is dry, that there is something that lasts forever, and that Angel Hernandez is good. So it doesn't matter what side of the political aisle you're on, what uh, your race, your religion, your nationality, whatever. We can all come together knowing that Angel Hernandez is uh, is brutal. So uh, those are the topics that we touched on today. Also, i got a, uh, one other thing. The PGA Championship starts uh, today, this morning. And, you know, this is usually the last of the majors. This is the least prestigious of the majors. So, But it's nice to have, you know, some golf to watch, I guess. You know, we have, we have sports back now, so having a, a major to watch is always good. But uh, I will say this, prediction, and I don't make many of them. Tiger Woods will not win. That's my prediction. 
Now that he won that Masters, now everybody's getting back on the, oh, can he win this one? Is Tiger back? Can he, is he the favorite? Is he, no, he's not the favorite. He won't win. And, and I, look, I get it. He's bigger than the sport that he plays. So anybody who complains about Tiger getting mentioned or, or more coverage or more footage of him, he's the biggest name in that sport by far. He might be the biggest name ever in that sport. And more people care about him than anyone else. So if you want to get the average fan, you cater to the average fan. And the average fan is interested in what Tiger Woods is doing. But simply thinking that he's just going to show up and win these things anymore, those days are gone. you got to get over I mean, you got to move on, people. Much like the, uh, the changes in baseball sometimes. All right, let's get some phone calls in. 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. Alex is in uh, North Carolina. Alex, what's going on, my man? Hey, man, you're talking about Tiger Woods. Golly, I have so much to talk about. And you bring golf. Oh, let's not get there. Okay. <laughs> uh, thank you uh, for taking my call. Um, as far as the um, you're talking about the seven innings, Gordon, I think that's a good idea, don't you think? I mean, don't no. you want to speed up the game, though? Yes, but let's speed up the game by actually doing things that speed up. You know, just simply cutting off two innings of the game. That's not really fixing what the fundamental issue is, and the fundamental issue is is that the players are too taking too long in between each and every pitch. I don't know how it's become this way. I don't know why it's become this way. Uh, if it's guys, they're just uh, it's just a lack this of, uh, of of awareness of the situation. I don't know what it is. You know, they they want more time to to focus on them. They're 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 into their own thing, their own process, whatever. You got to get guys mm. to stand in the box, guys to pitch the ball, and that will take care of the problem mm. in and of itself. There's nothing fundamentally different from the game now than 30 years ago when the game but Gordon, fed, Gordon, sped up the much game, though. Does the game, Gordon, has always been the same. It's been for 100 years, right? Yeah, and it was never it was never four hour games in the past. I mean, I'm sure that there were some, but it was generally a much quicker game. Now, if you really want to get into the real, there's two issues. There's the speed of games, the actual time games take to play, and then there is the mm. pace of play during the game. Those are two separate issues. Getting the games to speed up, you could do that by getting guys to get in the box, stand in the box, pitch the ball. That 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 takes care of that. The actual mm. issue of strikeout, you know, balls not being put in play, everything's a home run or nothing. There's no, you know, there's no base hits anymore. It's either a walk, a strikeout, or a home run. That's a separate issue. And that's going to be much more difficult to overcome because teams have realized that there's just too much, you know, uh, uh, you know, motivation or, you know, they realize by hitting Uh, home run, teams win. So So that that is another issue you're going to have to figure out, a a separate thing to figure out. I'm sorry, you blame it on the pitchers? Who you blame it on? What, what the three true outcomes? Well, I think that they, they, I think I kind of blame it on the sport for juicing up the baseball as much as they have. I mean, the, the numbers of either strikeout, home run, or walk have increased pretty much, I think it's every single year, and even though it's a short sample size this year, but I guess everything is going to be a short sample size mm-hmm. this year, uh, I think it's Martin. up to 38% of all at-bats now end in home run, walk, or strikeout. That's a problem. You can't have, you know, you take a look at the, the game, the second Yankee game yesterday, uh, and look, Aaron Nola is a very, very good pitcher, but I mean, there was huge sections of the game where the Yankees never got the ball in play. Was, you know, it was a strikeout. I don't think they walked at all yesterday, but it was very few balls put in play, and it's all because teams are, are gearing up for the home run. The Yankees certainly among them. 
Uh, but teams have realized that that's you know pretty much how you win games by you know with, when offense is down, getting that one pitch to hit and then doing damage with that pitch rather than trying to string a bunch of singles together and going the opposite way and doing all these things. Um, the way you score runs nowadays is to hit home runs, especially with the juiced up baseball from last year, and it doesn't really appear. You know, it's very early on to see, I don't know what the numbers are at right now, but it certainly seems like the number of home runs and the ball is pretty much the same ball as last year. And I don't see, you know, Major League Baseball, who knows that their their attendance and their popularity is tied to home runs. That might be the tougher the issue to solve, getting baseball to realize that simply having every uh, single outcome end in either a walk, a home run, or a strikeout is not good for the game. And that's the pace of play. You know, there's, there's the speed of games, which is an issue, right? Having four-hour games that seem like they take forever, that's a problem. I, I'll grant you that. But there are, there are easy ways to, to kind of fix that rather than just simply saying, you know what, we're going to, you know, because you know what else is going to happen when you go to these doubleheaders or seven innings as a regular thing? The, the pace of those will slow down, too. So even though yesterday, I, I love how it's one, one example. Well, these games went quick, so I guess every game will always. Ever. That's not the way it works. And there's ways to, to fix. People have gone back and looked. Okay, what was the difference you know, in a random year, 1992 and now 2020 or, or, or even last year? What's the biggest difference? Is it commercial breaks? Is it this thing? Is it, is it pitching changes? No. It's getting guys to come in, stand in the box, get in the box, stay in the box. Don't get out of the box every at-bat. Don't take the little walks around after each pitch. That's the issue. And if you're saying that, you know, uh, people are uh, – all these rule changes, they're all great for the regular season. What happens in the postseason? Well, we're going to get rid of them. Like the, the runner at second base. Oh, we're, we'll get rid of that in the postseason. Why? Because you don't want games being decided that, well, it's okay during the regular season. No. The regular season in baseball is the one sport where it generally the regular season matters. You know, the, the regular season, in, well, I guess, is getting away from that, too, because I'm sure that the uh, number of playoff, you know, all these things that they're floating right now as ways just to get through this season, you, you and I both know. Baseball, they're using these as little Trojan horses to see which ones they like and which ones they can get the public used to. And then uh, they'll, they'll just all of a sudden become permanent. And I get it. I'm the sucker. You know, they're not really concerned about me or you. If you're a diehard baseball fan, they know they got you. It's like the Tiger Woods thing. It's about getting the casual fan. It's getting about the person who doesn't really watch the sport all that regularly to come and, and, and spend money on, on the game and, and seeing ways to get that person involved where that person might have been, you know, more of an NBA fan or more of an NFL fan in the past. So I get it. I'm not the person they're going to really focus their energies on. But to me, all I mean, most of these rule changes, uh, they're not even so- – I wouldn't even mind if they solved the problem that they were designed to solve. The seven-inning doubleheader, yeah, that solves a problem this year because, you know, the, 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 the situation with COVID and all these things where teams are, are missing time, missing weeks, and then you got to make up these games. There's no other way to do it. So that, okay, that at least solves a problem for this year. But solving the problem long term of shortening games, that is not the simply saying. So what happens when the seven inning games then become a little bit longer? We're going to cut them down to six innings, cut them down. to That's not the way to go about it. There's simple ways to go about it. And anybody who's watched a baseball game from 
20, 30 years ago knows it. It's it's basically get the ball, throw the ball, get the guy in the box, stay in the box. All right, that's going to do it for us for today. We're already out of time. Hopefully I did not wake up anybody in the house. We're going to find that out in a, a few short moments. But the poll question up on Twitter, at Gordon Dammer, you can vote on it there about uh, whether or not you want to see the uh, seven-inning doubleheader rule made permanent. You can vote on that, at Gordon Dammer. The um, podcast will be up in a little bit as well. So if you missed any of the show today, I'll tweet that out probably in about an hour or so. But we'll be back tomorrow, and we'll find out if we have power at uh, Shea Damer tomorrow as well. We'll see you then. 98.7 FM, ESPN, New York. This is the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN.